detachable penis. Ew, what? <laughs> <laughs> have you not heard that song? Everybody's heard that song. I have not. What? It was on a radio like 10 years ago, but. Okay. I'm out of touch on anything that has to do with music recently because uh, I just listened to podcasts my whole life. Yeah. Not 10 years ago, you didn't? I know. That's why you caught me off guard and I said, okay, but I still don't know that song. <laughs> true i sang it at work because i don't know why it's been stuck in my head and the guy that i work with was like real confused too and i was like it's a song how does the rest of it go what's it about it's about it's about a guy that has a detachable penis and uh-huh. that he loses it and sometimes he thinks about getting it permanently put on but then he wouldn't be able to have it is it really a girl i don't know i never looked into the the, the <laughs> deepness of the song the depth i didn't try to find an inner meaning what is the message it's trying to convey it was just it was a man singing and he had a detachable penis detachable penis it was on the radio yeah oh, like are we talking like rock 105.3 or yeah, like 933 yeah. uh rock 1053 and 91x so it's like rock yeah yeah <laughs> alternative rock alternative rock something that you might have actually listened to yeah 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 that's confusing i've never maybe you're just not singing it right that's probably true it can't it can't be that <laughs> i'm i am a professional but it, you know it usually feels like the person you're impersonating is in the room so <laughs> i'm gonna go with that's not it oh man God damn! Hey everybody, welcome to episode 21. Episode 21! It's of, already episode 21! <gasps> We're legal to drink. Yay! In podcast terms. Of I said god damn. I said god damn. Every time. <laughs> Repeat it every time. <laughs> That's because... You have to. I do. Somebody can't just say... I said goddamn, and then you not repeat it. Well, I mean, the quote that it came from, she said it a couple times. I said goddamn, goddamn. <laughs> I said goddamn. <laughs> Too bad we don't do cocaine. <laughs> I know. Could you imagine us on cocaine, though? That'd be horrible. Yeah, that'd be terrible. <laughs> Neither of us should ever pick that shit up. <laughs> no. Oh, God. Or really any drug. We shouldn't be allowed to drink coffee. <laughs> no. Any uppers <laughs> really aren't something that we need in our life. <laughs> A downer might, like, level us out. Yeah, then people would be like, oh, they're normal. <laughs> I feel like if you had to compare us in the dog world, we're like chihuahuas. Oh, yeah. Like, for sure. wow. Their yeah. eyes are big and they're small and loud. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly. Oh, my God. That's, oh, that's sad. Yeah. Sometimes they're cute. Very rarely. <laughs> yeah, it's very rare. <laughs> Which also portrays to us now that we've had kids. <laughs> exactly. Like, we could be cute if we wanted. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. We could dress up nice. But yeah, I don't want to. No. <laughs> Fucking mom, man. I'm going to put that mom button on. I earned that shit. Yeah, you're lucky I got makeup on today. I do feel pretty lucky. As I mean, you should. I had to leave the house, so I put yeah. my makeup on. <laughs> Actually, I had to leave the house. We'll just leave this. This will be a great segue into my goddamn. I had to leave the house because I had to take my kid to the doctor this morning <gasps> on a fucking Saturday. Oh. Because two weeks ago, I had to take him in, and he had an ear infection and a ruptured eardrum. No. Again. Did I mention that on the podcast? Was that one of my goddamns? I don't think so. I don't think so either. But anyway, I probably had a lot more shit going on that week, so this one <laughs> this wasn't barely made it by. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the big is goddamn but he's had him before though this poor kid i know and the doctor was saying like hey like you need to come back in a month and if it doesn't heal then we need to look into maybe giving him tubes or something (gasps) and we need to make sure his hearing is okay because he's had like two ruptured eardrums and that's a lot yeah for uh he's like two and some change now and we have like a history of ear infections in our family between me and lee and then all down my family <laughs> shit goes on for generations <laughs> just have fucked up ears you guys should stop breeding <laughs> yeah yeah it's a miracle we've made it this far just because of modern medicine is why i'm here <laughs> because you guys are all cute <laughs> <laughs> like chihuahuas exactly <laughs> sometimes it's the only way you guys are kept alive <laughs> they feel sorry for us <laughs> give them some fucking amoxicillin <laughs> Let them go. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, I took him in. We gave him antibiotics and eardrops, and that was two weeks ago. And then today, actually the last two days, he's been kind of fussy and, like, poking at his ear again. And I looked at the in there with, like, a flashlight, and it looks gross. It's like this big old white ball. It looks like infection. 
And I was like, and he kind of sounded congested this morning when he woke up. He like coughed a couple times and like, he just sounds like a mouth breather right now, which I mean, for a majority of his life, he's been a mouth breather, (laughs) but it just came on this morning. So I'm like, oh no, like, is his ear making him sick or is he getting sick again or what? But he doesn't have any snot or anything. And he's like acting happy and chipper. He just gets like, if he's like fucking around with something and he can't figure it out, he'll like throw a fit. Yeah. Really fast, and that's usually not him. Like, usually he'll be like, Mama, help, or something. (laughs) Anyway, so I'm like, all these signs, we should take him to the doctor. And Lee was like, I think you're being overdramatic. But he didn't say that. He was like... (laughs) He said it with his eyes. (laughs) Yes, he said it with his soul and his heart. But the words were, if that's what you think we should do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, honey, whatever you say, honey. Yeah. And then, so I thought I was being like the crazy mom and like overthinking it. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to go because it's going to take two seconds. He's not like deathly ill or anything. They're just going to look in his ear. So it's not going to be like some antibiotics or whatever the fuck you're supposed to do. Yeah. Like we have, we pay $200 for these eardrops. Jesus Christ. insurance. Yeah. What? This shit is expensive. You better not use it all. Save it for next time. Well, that's what we did last time. And I didn't realize it was the same shit, but now I do. So I have two bottles. I have $400 of fucking eardrops. (laughs) Well, I know where I'm going when I be in your house. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Gotta get that black market eardrops. (laughs) If you ever have to get eardrops for your son, let's check the prescription. Oh my God. (laughs) You got a set. But anyway. So we go to the doctor and the doctor looks in there and she's like, yeah, there's like some infection in there, but that could be the old infection. And she like moved it out of the way. I don't know what that means. She grabbed like this little spoon and (gasps) said she moved it out of the way so she could see the eardrum. She didn't just pull it out then? No, that's what I was like. Can you just scoop it out? I'll watch that. that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, she said that she could see some fluid in his eardrum and that he could just be getting sick again or there could always be fluid in there. She really couldn't give me an answer. And she was like, he's fine, though. Like, there's no action right now. Just follow up with your pediatrician in a couple weeks. There's nothing you could do. Like, it's not getting any worse. It doesn't look too, too bad. Like, it looks like the medicine helped from last time. Yeah. Is what she was getting at. But that there's no action or anything, right? And then as she walks away to go, like, print up the paperwork, I look over at my husband (laughs) And he is looking at me with the face of, hmm, happy now? I fucking told you. <laughs> I fucking told you. And I was like, don't you make me feel bad. And then the doctor came in and like we did our little thing. And as I was walking away, we're in the hallway. And I was like, am I never going to hear the end of this? <laughs> and Lee just looked at me and he goes, I'll never bring it up again. But So we have an understanding. <laughs> but I also know that I lost this one. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I'll never bring it up again. <laughs> What a guy. Yeah. That's the perfect guy. line. That's how marriages work. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever bring up my faults. <laughs> That's how they thrive. <laughs> anyway, but I mean, I'm glad I did it, but I also feel like, God damn it, I am the crazy mom. Yeah. Like overreacted. I think we knew that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As you were pregnant. <laughs> oh, she's, she's a helicopter mom. See how oh, she just won't let it out of her belly? Fucking nuts. <laughs> I like hold on to it. Yeah. <laughs> you must stay inside of me. <laughs> You're mine forever. <laughs> hey, though, I'm not a helicopter mom. I'm just very concerned for his health. Yeah, which is good. I let that kid get bruises and bumped. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's had like eight concussions already. Yeah. He flies free. He would have been a doctor. (laughs) He would have been a doctor. Now he'll just be someone's special doctor. (laughs) He'll be someone special. Yeah, we don't know what it'll be. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, you want to hear about my goddamn? Yes, I do, Aaron. Well, my tires were low. And they've been low. My tire pressure. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. And I have a nail in one of them. But that's besides the point. And you're just zipping around the galaxy. I've been zipping around the galaxy for months with this nail in there. It's been raining. Yeah, I know. It's dangerous. I hydroplane a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And my car yells at me like, you don't have any traction. And I'm like, I know, car. Oh, my God. You are the people I fear. Yeah, I should be. But, (laughs) well, because, okay, with the nail... I work by people who leave fucking screws and nails and shit out all the time. So I always get nails and shit in my tires and I yell at them. And they're like, oh, sorry, we use this magnet thing. And I'm like, well, you didn't fucking use it fast enough. Or you didn't use it over here. Yeah, exactly. Like, I hate you still. So your magnet's stuck to my tire now? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And uh, one guy that, I guess he's a mechanic. I don't know. People feel the need to tell me when stuff is wrong with my car. Probably because I don't do anything when stuff is wrong (laughs) with my car. And so they're like, you know, it's dirty, right? And I'm like, yeah, I know. Are you going to wash it? Then fucking leave. Carry on, bitch. Yeah. And so this guy was like, you have a nail in your tire. And I was like, yeah, thanks. Like, got it. it. 
yeah i know thank you and he's like it's in a it's in the wall of your tire or something like it's in a place that they can't just patch it so i'd have to get a new tire and so i'm like well i'm definitely gonna wait longer now yeah i'm gonna wait like it's not (laughs) it's not not doing anything but it's not doing anything (laughs) like it's just hanging out in there it'll either come out and my tire will go flat or or it'll, Something you'll hit a bump happen. and it'll explode and yeah. it's a total blowout. I really hope that doesn't happen. One or the other. <laughs> One or the other. But I hope that doesn't happen. Knock on fucking table. <laughs> but so I've just had that in there forever. And then my <laughs> tires are all low now because the fucking weather got cold. Uh-huh. And so I was like, oh, I'm a strong, independent woman who don't need no man. I'll go air up my tires. Yeah, naturally. Yeah, this is a thing that I can do. And there's this place by my work that has like free air. Yeah. I know they're all free. But this place, you don't have to go in and talk to them. You don't have to be like, turn it on. You just walk up and push a button. Yeah, you just walk up and push the button. That's a a gem. I know. That's a gem That's why this is the place that I always go to. And so I went there and I was doing it and I was like trying to get it in the one tire that's like the lowest, right? And you know how sometimes you have to like wiggle it around to be like, (laughs) get that one good spot and it's like now it's filling? Yeah, to like push the pin in so it'll go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Otherwise it's just like and air is going everywhere (laughs) and you're like, what is happening? Um, Yeah. Well, that was happening, and it kept happening. And I was wiggling it around, and I'm like, I could not find that sweet spot. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'm just letting air out of my tire now. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> like, God. What the fuck? So then I went to try a different tire to be like, maybe it's just this tire. <laughs> maybe. Uh, but, like, I'm not stupid. Like, I've yeah. done this before. Yeah. And so then. Multiple times. We both own very shitty cars. <laughs> exactly. And so then I went to the back tire, and I was doing it on that one, and I couldn't find the sweet spot. Like, I think that the nozzle on the the thing connected to the air was broken. And I was like, son of a bitch. Oh, that sucks. So now I've let out more air (laughs) out of two of my tires, (laughs) and my tires are already low on air. So then, like, the next day, I went to, or maybe it was on the way home that day, I went to the one by my house, which is in the ghetto, Uh and... It's not the just push the button thing. It's $1.50 for air. <gasps> you have to pay? Yeah, or you have to go inside. Well, I don't know if it's an or, but... You paid. I paid because I was fucking social anxiety. I was like, I will pay $1.50 to not have to talk to a person. <laughs> <laughs> to not have to be like, can you turn the air on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, uh, excuse me, I waited in line. I know because this fucking place is always busy as hell. And so I just paid and I did it and I was like, great, I'm good now. Everything's fine. So I get back in my car and my air light thing, my tire flat, you're like, Pressure. hey fucking yeah 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 your shit is fucked up light uh-huh that turned off and then my check engine light turned <laughs> <Stop>. on <laughs> so now my check engine lights on oh no is it just like an oil change or does no because that's an oil light oh no yeah so now my check engine light is on and i was like well i guess i should probably take care of this because i don't know why but for some reason that one actually scares me and so I'm uh, like, yeah it should yeah <laughs> well <laughs> I've driven around a very long time with check engine lights on. Exactly. I used to. I don't know if it's because now I have a kid and I'm like, I don't want to be stranded on the road with him or something. Yeah. And we also own nicer cars. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. uh, Or nice for us anyway. Yeah. uh, Although it doesn't sound like I own a nice one, (laughs) (laughs) judging by everything that I've said so far. But it's a pretty decent car and it's relatively new. And uh, yeah, so now I have an appointment on Monday to get my fucking check engine light looked at. Oh, fuck. Hopefully it's nothing major. Yeah. It shouldn't be, though, because it's so new. I want to say it's probably like the air filter or something. I don't know if that'll go through the check engine light. I don't know. Your little manual should tell you. Yeah. Well, because every time I go in, they're like, look at your air filter. It's so dirty. Do you want to get it changed? And I'm like, "Um, do I need to? And they're like, well, it's at about 50%. And I'm like, motherfucker, then I have three more years on this bitch. (laughs) Put it back in. You know they're just bullshitting that, right? Like somebody looks at it and they're like, "Mm, it was about 75%. Yeah, but the way to bullshit me is not to say 50%. If you said like 95, I'd be like, might as well. Yeah, I'm here. Exactly. You already took it out, which I didn't ask you to do, asshole, but... (laughs) fine but no 50 percent, and i'm like um that's fucking half the life put it back in i've never changed that thing that means i can get another solid three years out of it when they took it out to show it to me too there was like a bee in it and i was like can you flick the bee yeah can you just like blow that off real quick mostly because i don't want to take it out later and do that remember when we took my car to get an oil change and i wanted transmission fluid yep (laughs) they didn't know they didn't have the key to like open it because it has to go to the dealership and i was like oh hang on and like (laughs) climbed in the back and they're like you can't be back here (laughs) and i like popped it out i'm like there you go you just pour it in there and they're like oh my god didn't they make you do it yeah but they did it yeah, they were like, no, 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 it. we're not we're not allowed to touch it because you need this special key that we don't have. And you're like, oh, look, my key works as a pry tool. <laughs> and then I'm like, can I have a funnel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can I just borrow all your tools then? 
Oh, that's so <laughs> and they funny. were just staring at me. But shit, man, that like a quart of that stuff is like forty bucks. Yeah. Oh, that was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Aaron. All right, Stacy. You want to give me your story? This one I chose specially for you. Me? Yes. I don't know who else you would have been talking to. (laughs) For you, all of our listeners. (laughs) No, for you, Stacey. I chose it specially for you. I feel so special. Because of your and your family's aversion to the DNA kits. (laughs) Oh my God, yes. (laughs) So, for the record, it's my dad's aversion, and he just might have slightly talked me into it. Listen, I am not saying your dad's a murderer, but I'm saying that someone in your family needs to send in DNA. Uh, for fucking sure. <laughs> There's some shady shit that has happened in my family. Exactly. And it's just like this group, this clan agreeance of like, no, we're not going to do that shit. Yeah. I don't know who did it. I don't know what happened. I don't even know what it is, but mm-hmm. let's just not risk it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that'll pertain to this story. <laughs> So my story takes place in Portland, Oregon in 1979 on July 24th. A lady named Rose Ann Hlavka. Oh, bless you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) She came home from work at McDonald's to her apartment where she lived with her sister and her sister's fiance. Mm -hmm. She came home at about 10 p.m. She got home at about 10 p.m. and she's like, hey, sister. Her name's Anna. Sister. (laughs) Hey, sister. (laughs) Hey, hey, sister. So she calls out for Anna Marie is her sister's name. And she gets no response. And so she's like, to fuck, man. I know you're awake. Where are you at? And she looks in the bedroom and finds her sister dead. Anna had been strangled and possibly sexually assaulted. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. So, Anna was last seen at about 5 p.m. outside of her apartment complex by her friend slash coworker. Uh-huh. And they have suspects in the case, but they had really no leads. Like, they looked at her fiancé, they looked at um, different people in the complex and everything, but they did, couldn't find any connection to anyone. And, did they get uh, any, like, DNA or anything from the sexual assault? They did have DNA, but it was in 1979, so, yeah, so people like, weren't, they, they couldn't be cleared from the DNA. Got it. So the case goes cold, Mm -hmm. and in 2009, the case is sent over to the cold case unit, Uh and a retired detective volunteer was like, yo, submit a bunch of this DNA stuff for forensic testing. And so he did, and in 2011, there was... Damn, it takes that long? I guess, yeah. (laughs) Shit. Well, it's a cold case, too, so it's probably, like, not not priority. Yeah. In 2011, there was an unidentified male DNA that was found among the DNA that they sent in. Uh-huh. And three suspects from the case were cleared oh, because wow. of that DNA. Was one of them her fiancé? Mm, I don't think so, but he did get cleared. Oh, okay. I don't know when he did, but he did get cleared. Between 2012 and 2016, there were eight different suspects that were identified and cleared because of the DNA. Oh, wow. And why Why were they? Oh, I guess they like reopened it. Yeah. I was like, why were there so many more suspects all no. of a sudden? <laughs> no, they're just like looking at the people who were like, this guy was shady. Remember him? Yeah, like, let's get check his him DNA. Out. Yeah. He was in the area. Exactly. And so then the family was re-interviewed and they were like, we promise that we're going to figure this shit out, like trying to get any new information that they could, but also being like, we haven't forgotten about you or her or whatever. Yeah. So then in April of 2018, the Golden State Killer was found through genealogy testing. Uh-huh. And yes, so, I remember that. Yeah. So then this uh, this retired homicide detective guy was like, that's fucking i want to do that let's do that that's a great idea yeah let's use all that information so the next month they submit the unknown male dna to a place called parabon nanolabs which was essentially genealogy testing yeah and in july of 2018 they narrow it down to eight suspects oh shit again yeah that were third cousins at least oh my gosh okay so they found family yeah like family of this person and then in october of 2018 they narrow it down to jerry walter mcfadden so they find their fucking guy right yeah yeah so now my story is gonna take a little turn i'm gonna tell you about jerry okay (laughs) (laughs) you've had a couple that are like jerry gerard like the last three i've had are all (laughs) jerry's jerome jerry gerald listen if your name is jerry out there don't go murdering people yeah (laughs) got my eye on you (laughs) so then jerry walter mcfadden he was born in 1948 in texas and he only got a seventh grade education Mm -hmm. in april of 1972 so this is before anna died 
Okay. I'm going to go through a little timeline. Yeah. He was convicted of two counts of rape. Oy. One was a 14-year-old girl, and one was a high school teacher. 14-year-old? Yeah. That's gross. Fucked up. He was sentenced to 15 years in prison, and in December of 1978, which was only six years later, he got Uh paroled. Damn. While he was on parole in June 22nd of 1979, Mm -hmm. he kidnaps, sexually assaults, and strangles a woman from Shackleford County, Texas. Okay, this guy needs to be locked the fuck up for way longer. (laughs) Oh, well... I agree that he does, yes. But he was identified but not arrested in that case. I don't know why he wasn't arrested. What? I couldn't find that. July 24th, 1979, so like a month later, Uh is when Anna was strangled in her home. Oh my gosh. And I'm assuming this is all in the same area? No, Anna was in Portland, Oregon. Oh, shit. uh, The first one where he kidnapped and strangled the woman was in Shackleford County, Texas. Oh my gosh, he's just zipping all over. Yeah. So then in um, October 1979, Jerry is arrested for violating his parole. Uh Uh-huh. And then in 1980... By strangling and murdering people. (laughs) (laughs) You're not supposed to do that. No, it actually wasn't for that. I think it was probably for like going out of state. Okay. Much more offensive. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Don't do that. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. So then in 1981, while he was in custody for violating his parole, he was charged and convicted for the assault in the Shackleford lady. Uh-huh. And he was given a life sentence. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. So then in July 1985, he was paroled. What? Are you serious? <laughs> fucking serious. <laughs> a life, you can get parole on a life sentence? I guess. What? Yeah. And that was like a couple years later. Yeah, it was like four years later. What the fuck? Yeah. Well, first he had a 15-year sentence, and they're like, six years, good you're enough. Cool. Yeah. And then he gets a life sentence, and they're like, four years, you've you're done, done your time. Also, Listen. repeat offense, no problem. No big deal. You're not going to do it again, yeah. right? Why would you do it again? You've you done it twice would. now. Not Jer. Yeah, not Please. Jer. Not good old Jerry over here. <laughs> so then on May 4th, 1986, which was like a year later, uh huh. Jerry abducted three people. Oh, my God. How is no one watching him? Right? <laughs> He's probably on parole. Yeah, but Great. I mean, but like, I mean, how is probation? Yeah, how is nobody like watching him? <laughs> yeah, well, how is no? How is he not still in jail? I know. So Suzanne Harrison was eighteen, Gina Turner was twenty, and a boy named Brian Boone who was nineteen. Uh huh. The three friends they were hanging out at Lake Hawkins, and they're just kind of like driving around the area. Mm-hmm. The body of Suzanne Harrison was found the next day, and she had been raped, sodomized, and strangled by her own panties. Oh, my God. So she was found by maintenance workers at Barnwell Mountain Park, which was about 30 miles from the lake. Oh, God. The bodies of her friends Gina and Brian were found in Orr City, which was a little bit further away Mm -hmm. from the original lake than Suzanne's body. Okay. And they were found six days later. Oh, my gosh. They had both been shot. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. This poor freaking group of friends, man. Yeah. It's awful. Also, a group of three, you feel safe. Like, that's I was just going to say that. And then also, he must have had some really good techniques because you had three people who could have overpowered you and it was one person. Mm Mm-hmm. Just him. Yeah. Well, but also, I guess he had a gun. That's true. So. But still. Yeah. You could all scatter. Scatter! (laughs) If we're ever in a group and I yell blitz, just scatter. (laughs) You know I would already be gone, so. (laughs) Oh, yeah, good idea. (laughs) You guys run too, huh? (laughs) So, So he was arrested on May 6th after witnesses told police that they saw one of the victims in his truck the night of the murders. Oh, shit. How did they see the victim? I don't like know. Like riding in the back truck or like shot in the back of the truck? Um, I think riding in the truck. Oh, okay. But I would imagine that like their pictures were up like, hey, these kids are uh, are missing and or whatever. And so this person was like, I saw that kid in his tru- in this guy's truck. That is a really good witness. Yeah. I was I thinking the same thing because do I don't that. pay attention to no. anything. <laughs> no. I'd be a terrible witness. So then he was in jail awaiting trial, right? Uh-huh. So then in July 1986... Jerry overpowers a guard. Stop it. Nope. No. And takes a female guard captive. What? Yeah. With what, a shiv? Right. Her gun. He escapes in her car with <gasps> her. 
what she's not in on it or anything yeah he just he takes her with him he holds her for two days before she's able to escape oh from a railroad box car what? and she went and found like what, what year was this 86 a railroad box car. That's what it said. And I was like, is that just a train? And I was going to yeah. write train. And then I was like, I feel Makes like so. it's like a, you know, the, what you imagine a hobo riding. Yeah. And they like jump on. Yeah. Or like in, um, uh, what's that book we read with four is the main. Divergent. Yeah. Divergent. Yeah. They, like, yeah. On exactly. The train every morning. Uh-huh. So she got out. And went and told police and stuff. And she was able to be like, it was from this general vicinity. Yeah. And so they were able to find him in an abandoned house near where she escaped. Oh, my gosh. He didn't leave? No, I guess. Or maybe he was just, like, relatively close. Like, he couldn't get that far. Yeah. So then he's going to go to trial. He's on trial for the murder of Suzanne. Uh Not the other two. Why? Just Suzanne. I don't know. They're like, eh, one's enough. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. He had a 17-year-old daughter. What? That shit blew my mind. Because what? you're raping and murdering and stuff. Ew. But you have, you have a, a daughter? Yeah. He oh. has a daughter. And the daughter testified at his trial that he should not get the death penalty. Like, she was crying and was like, that's murder. And he murdered. Murder is evil. Just because he murdered doesn't mean that you should murder or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which I get. But at the same time, like, that means that he must have had a decent relationship with her, right? Yeah, for her to, like, fight for that. And I don't see how a dad that has a decent relationship with their daughter could then go and rape and murder other little girls. Like, if you knew that about your parent, you'd be like, I'm fucking out on you. Right. No, thank you. Yeah. So the jury was like, nah, fuck that. Yeah. (laughs) This guy needs to die. So they sentenced him to death because... Yeah. Because he... You can't get out on parole. I know they're only, like, trying him for the one lady's death, but, like, if you look at the whole picture... He's done some fucked up shit. He's done a lot of fucked up shit. And he got out on parole each time. Like, if that first 15-year sentence... That, obviously, he got out on parole. Okay. And then he got a life sentence. Like, if he was serving that, then this other... These other three people, four people, wouldn't have died. Yeah. That's That's crazy. That's fucked up. That's super fucked up. So, fast forward to November 2018. Uh Uh-huh. Damn, not too long ago. Yeah. Back when uh, they found out that his DNA was a match to Anna, right? Uh Uh-huh. Detectives meet with the immediate family of Jerry McFadden, and they find out that he was executed in Texas in 1999. Oh, wow. Just like 10 years after, well, about 10 years after his trial. Okay. So, they put him through quickly yeah and he had traveled to portland with a friend in 1979 when anna was murdered oh yeah and the friend said that she had left him there like okay not because like he's like i'm gonna go murder somebody but he was just like all right thanks for the ride ride. i'm done Yeah. yeah and so she's like i don't know what he did whatever right yeah they took dna from the immediate family to make sure and it was a match oh wow so jerry had been put to death by lethal injection a little bit of a fun fact. They injected him right above a tattoo that he had of a satanic face. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> it was in one of the articles, and I was like, oh, the devil's putting him to death. That's oh neat. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's neat. And he had no last words. Uh, he's a very boring man. Yeah. The family of Suzanne watched the... Death. Yeah. I was going to say murder, but I mean, you know, technically, I guess. But they watched him be executed, and they were like, this is justice, basically. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad he's dead. It's crazy. After his death, they tied him to another fucking murder. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How did the family feel about finding out who did it? Well, I think that the fi- like the family of Anna or the family yeah, of-, of Anna. Oh, I didn't say. Okay. I thought you meant the family of Jerry, and I was like, I think they were pretty much like, yeah, he was pretty fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, Jer was pretty shady. Add another one, I guess. <laughs> okay, but like, so he must have just been roaming through and just picked a fucking random apartment then. Yeah. Like, there was no rhyme or reason. Yeah, because he wasn't from the area or anything. So I'm I pretty wonder, sure that's exactly what it was, was that they, he I just. I wonder how long he was in Oregon for, like, before he found her. Yeah, I don't know. Like, did he scope her out or did he just literally jiggle doorknobs and was like, this one I'll do. He might have seen her get home from work That's so fucking at 5 p.m. or whatever and then followed her into her apartment and then Ugh, like, lock your doors, people. Fucking right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Creepy. So creepy. So that's my story. Well, goddamn. Well, goddamn. I say goddamn. Okay, Stacy, tell me your story. Okay, get ready. I'm so ready. I've never get been more ready. ready for anything in my life. Okay, so my story is about Brittany Michelle Tiger. 
Tiger. Tiger. Ooh. From Ada, Ohio. Okay. She was a 26-year-old indigenous woman who was part of the Chickasaw Nation tribe. Ooh. And she lived on the tribe's reserve, which was called the Kolioma Grounds. Oh. I hope I said all of those words right. I feel like you nailed it. Any indigenous people out there, if I butchered it, please take my sincerest apologies and let me know how to say it right. Because <laughs> I even Googled it. <laughs> but you never know with Google. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I feel like you said it with enough conviction that it sounded right to me. That it's true. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I liked it. Okay, so Brittany lived on the reservation with her husband, William Gomez, and her three children. The oldest of her three children was eight years old. Just, She's 26? Yeah. Damn. She popping them kids out. I guess. Yeah. I, right? I didn't even catch that. Can you imagine? Yeah. What, was she 18? Yeah. Ugh. Damn. That's rough. I don't know how people did that shit. Mm-mm. Or still do it. Yeah. <laughs> I waited till 30 and I'm like, fuck, I am. Well, now you're just tired hard. from life and from kids. <laughs> I guess if I was 18, I had more energy, but. That's true. But we were drunk at 18. <laughs> That's true. That's okay. true. We're doing other shit at 18. That's true. <laughs> Not uppers. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope, a lot of booze. <laughs> okay, so Brittany and Will had this tumultuous relationship, mm-hmm. and it resulted in Will being, like, very controlling of Brittany. Oh, great. And Brittany's mother said that, like, wherever Brittany was, Will was. Like, she wasn't allowed to go anywhere on her own uh-huh. without him. So he was very involved in her life. And their relationship also consisted of a big history of drug use. Ooh. They would often shoot meth together. Oh, my God. And William would inject Brittany for her. Like, consensually? Yes, okay. consensually. Well... I'm assuming. I don't know if it was like he was like, no, I'm going to inject it. Oh. But Brittany's mom said that Brittany was worried that William was going to overdose her one of those days. Like sometime. Like one of the times he's going to overdose me. So she would have her little sister watch anytime he would shoot her up so that she could call for help if he overdosed her. What the fuck? So that makes me think maybe it wasn't so much consensual as it was he was like controlling it. Like you can have it, but I have to give it to you. That sounds more like that kind yeah. of situation. And she was like, I don't want to fucking die. Somebody watch me. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? I feel like I'd be like, no, I'm cool. <laughs> mm, I'll pass. But I guess meth is pretty hard to say no to once you're addicted to it. That's true. And I watched a documentary. I think it was like a Vice documentary on life on reservations. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's like really bad. Really? Like really low income. A lot of drugs. A lot of violence. Oh. A lot of... There's a lot of crimes that happen and because of, I'll kind of get into this a little bit later too, but because of like the jurisdiction of the tribal police versus like the state police and everything, a lot of things slip around or the state says, okay, the tribe police are going to handle this and then they handle it like within the tribe. (gasps) Instead of like... So it's kind of like literally the Wild West. Oh my God. But like modern Wild West with like drugs and domestic violence and shit. Yeah. It's really bad. That's sad. I am not speaking for all reservations. It's just what I saw in this documentary. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I know it's a problem. And in their life, Brittany's life, apparently. Absolutely. Yeah. In her life, it was a problem. So Brittany had struggled with drugs for a few years, but she was trying to get clean. I don't know what that means or anything. Like if she was in rehab or if she was just like every, every other month, she's like, I'm quitting. I don't think she was in rehab. It didn't say that. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. She's like, I'm just, I'm quitting. So anyway, on February 10th of 2018, Brittany had reached out. Yeah. Really recent. Yeah. Brittany reached out to her mother and told her mom that she was planning on leaving Will because he was too controlling and too abusive. (gasps) And so she sent a text and the text said to her mom, I need a break from Will. I'm going to my sister's house in Texas. That's all the text said. Okay. And it was to her mom? It was to her mom. She didn't say like Kara's house or something? That's what I said. I was like... Like, my sister's house seems very not something you'd say to your mom. Like, I don't call it my dad to my brother. Exactly. It's like our dad. Yeah. You know, but when you're talking to your mom, you would say the name. Well, this was a quote, but I don't know if it was a quote of the actual text or of her mom saying, she sent me a text saying I'm going to my sister's house. Okay. But even then, that would be kind of weird. As a mom, if I had more than... Well, I have one more than one child now. (laughs) If my son came up to me and was like, I'm going to my brother's house yeah you'd just be like i'm going to jenny's house or whatever it is yeah 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 but if i were repeating it back i think i would say the name too like right, if yeah, i were telling right. you about it yeah he said he was going over to jenny's house or yeah. whatever i don't know i don't know 
exactly what the text said because I think the quote is of the mom saying this. But yeah. either way, it's an odd phrasing, but it okay, is. Maybe so who it has knows if she? To do with it. Yeah, who knows if she actually sent it or not? Yeah. Okay. Because then at midnight on February 11th, which is just a couple hours later, mm-hmm. Brittany texted her mom saying that her phone was broken, but that she wasn't going to leave Will after all, and that she would call her mom later. Okay. At fucking midnight. Like, oh, you know what I said? I'm not going to call. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not leaving Will, but my phone's broken, so I'll talk to you later. Also, if your phone is broken, how are you texting me? Is it a text or a call? This was a a text, but maybe it was like, I can't call you right now? Oh. I don't know. Okay. But that makes it feel shady. Like, four hours ago, you were like, I'm breaking up with Will. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're like, You're like, I'm not, but I can't talk to you about it right now. I'll tell you later. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. So that was the last time that anyone heard from Brittany. Oh, shit. So Brittany's mother contacted Will and asked him to file a missing persons report for her because they hadn't heard from her in like weeks. Oh, my God. Or maybe it was a week or something. That's too long. Yeah. They hadn't heard from her for a while. And so her mother talked to Will and was like, hey, you need to file a missing persons report. Again, I find it kind of weird that the mother just didn't go do it, but I think this might be like a cultural difference or something like you're the husband and the man you need to do this i think that in some places though you can't if you're not the next like like if you're not living with them or something yeah or something like that like if the husband were to be like oh she went on vacation and the mom's like file missing persons then they'd be like no no no, it's fine oh. she went on vacation like they would take the oh. person's word for it type thing like the closer interesting okay so you know the mom's like you need to do this and he was like okay I'm going to file a missing persons. But then he never fucking did. Mm -hmm. Okay, so she'd been missing for a week. Okay. Sorry, my notes are a little shoddy. There was barely any information on this. So this was put together from a lot of different articles. Oh. So a week later, Brittany's sister ends up filing a missing persons report on behalf of Brittany. Okay. So she finally broke down and was like, fuck all y'all. Yeah. My sister doesn't go missing like this. Yeah. What the fuck is going on? So the police go and they interview Will, her husband, and he explains that she'd been missing since 3 a.m. on February 11th. So that would be three hours after she texted her mom, never mind. Oh. I'm not leaving Will. And Will says that what happened was they had gotten into an argument Mm -hmm. and he went to bed. And when he woke up at 3 a.m., Brittany was missing and she had taken with her some hoodies and a makeup bag. Hoodies? By the way... For the fucking record, my husband would never notice if I had hoodies missing or my makeup bag. Like, 3 o'clock in the morning, you wake up and I'm missing. Aside from the fact that you should be very alarmed. Yeah. He would never be like, what did she take? He would never be like, her makeup bag is gone. (laughs) Exactly. Unless it was like, she always had her makeup on the counter in this little bag and like, this is what she worked out of every day or something. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, because I would notice if like, Brandon's contacts contacts were in stuff were missing that's true but hoodies hoodies no i mean no he fucking has one hoodie so <laughs> unless it was like hanging on the end of the bed and then you happen to somehow notice it and then in the morning you were like oh that hoodie's gone she must have taken it yeah weird that's weird though he probably did something did something shady and knows that the hoodies are missing for a reason yeah and why wouldn't you freak out at three o'clock in the morning when your wife is gone yeah i would have at least gone around the house and been like babe Cheryl? (laughs) Cheryl? You home? Where are you at? Brittany? Will claims that he didn't call the police right away because it wasn't uncommon for Brittany to go missing for weeks at a time. What? But Brittany's mom and sister is like, this isn't true. She's never had a history of doing that. He's lying to you. So Will was then later interviewed again and he changed his story and he said that he didn't call right away because he didn't think an officer was on duty at 3 a.m. Oh, yeah. They go to sleep. The fuck? That's not a good excuse either. No, they're all terrible excuses. He also claimed that Brittany took their only cell phone with her, so he had no way of calling. But while he was being interviewed and he claimed this, his fucking cell phone rings in his pocket. (laughs) While they were interviewing Were they like, what about that one? Exactly, they were. And it took a while. It took a couple times for him to finally give up the phone and give it to him. Really? Yeah. Shady. Yeah. Dude's up to something. Yeah. So a month later, on March 16th, 2018, 15 miles from Brittany's home, her body was discovered by a rancher who was out with his kids checking on his cattle. Aww. And Brittany and Will didn't have a car, 
So 15 miles from her house is pretty far away. Like somebody didn't walk there. He didn't have a car either though? He didn't either. No. Neither of them had a car. Okay. Yeah. So somehow she got there 15 miles away. The rancher, the way he found her was he was driving like a golf cart or an ATV or something, you know, cruising the property. Yeah. And like ringing in all his cattle and he actually ran over her body because there was like leaves and shit over it he ran over her body and backed off of it once he realized what it was Uh. and the police said like obviously he calls the police and they come and the police said that it's really clear that she didn't get there on her own yeah because britney's arms were up above her head and her shirt was rolled up over her breasts and her bra was like flipped up over her rolled up shirt kind of like inside out yeah indicating that she'd been drugged by her legs to that location and it was like not too far off from a road it was like a county road so like a dirt road not a well-traveled road or anything like that it would have been the perfect place to dump a body yeah but clearly somebody had taken her there and then drug her along that route and it pulled up her clothes and everything that's so sad yeah her body had been out there a while because it was in an advanced state of decomposition probably for at least a week yeah and then one police officer who was at the scene claims that he doesn't believe that she was alive when she was drug out on the field okay so the autopsy report showed that there was meth in britney's system Uh uh-huh which isn't uncommon though no exactly but the cause and manner of her death were were recorded as unknown so they don't know if she died of a drug overdose or something else (gasps) but it's very possible she could have died from a meth overdose britney's mom tell if there was meth in her system but not if that was an overdose amount i guess because they said that her death was unknown that's scary but maybe because you metabolize it or something? I don't know. Yeah, but does you wouldn't it, after you died. Does it have a half-life? Does it leave Oh, I your don't body? know. I guess. You know, like cyanide leaves your body eventually or yeah. some shit? I don't know. Okay. So Brittany's mom, she goes out to the property and the rancher shows her where he found Brittany's body. Uh-huh. And the mom actually found a trail of Brittany's hair showing, proving that she had been drugged from the road to where she had been placed. Oh my God. Because I guess she had like bright red hair or something like that. And oh. she knew it was Brittany's hair. The police didn't find that? Right. That's what I was thinking. Like this investigation, maybe they did and it just wasn't mentioned, but this was like from an actual interview from her mom. And her mom was like, I know that was Brittany's hair. Like she was very adamant, almost like somebody was telling her it wasn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess if you're like a parent and you're like, I found her hair, people might be like, yeah, okay. And be like, no, no, no. I like you for you're sure, sure about it. Hair. And so you're defensive about it before anybody says anything. Like, yeah, I know that's that was true. her hair. Like, oh, there she goes again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So the Ada police began investigating Will seriously as a potential suspect. Mm-hmm. And when they ran his name through the system, he was flagged as having a fucking criminal history. Big surprise. Yeah. Weird. It turns out when Will was 19, he was married to another woman. Oh my God. They all fucking started so early. Yeah, 19. Jesus Christ. Yeah. We're a child. I know. And the day that they were married, the couple robbed a bank in Oklahoma using a fucking shotgun. We've got to get that money. Yeah, I guess. For right? that honeymoon. Yeah, I got to get that honeymoon got money. Got started off right. <laughs> Let's <laughs> kick this marriage off with a good old crime spree. Fucking robbery. Yeah. Sweet old robbery. Okay, so. Couple that robs together stays together. Oh my God, not. Apparently <laughs> <this laughs> <case>. not. <laughs> no, not true. So I guess. What happens is Will shoves a shotgun into his new wife's side, and they only identified her as AJ, so I don't know if that was her name or her initials or whatever, Mm -hmm. but he threatened to kill her and her family if she didn't cooperate and help him rob this bank. Oh, good. Glad you just committed your life to this person. Fucking right. And so he doesn't sound like a very nice guy. (laughs) Wait, that's what you got out of this? (laughs) I was thinking, is he single now? (laughs) Because I'm looking. Yeah, I guess so he had her be the getaway car, and he went in, robbed the bank, and then she drove him away. Okay. So they obviously get busted. And she was like, can I get an annulment? Yeah, I would like to cancel this. (laughs) I would like to cancel this marriage. (laughs) I want to take this back. 19, he's robbing fucking banks. I guess he only got seven grand from the bank, too. Like, not to be, like, only seven grand, because that's a lot of money, but still. Yeah, not worth robbing the vault. Yeah, yeah, you you went to the the registers. That was, like, the robbing money. Yeah. When somebody comes, give them this, they'll run away. Yeah, and put a blue dye pack in it. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so like I said, they get busted, because no one fucking actually gets away with robbing a bank. And he was sentenced to 50 or 15. Oh, I think I must have got this from, like, an interview, and so I couldn't hear if it was 15 or 50. Oh, yeah, Months. 
in prison. Oh, months? Well, yeah, months. then it doesn't really matter which it is. Yeah, it's not a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember what she got, but it was like a lesser sentence for being the getaway car. I feel like she got fucking hoodwinked into this, though. I feel she bad for her. got hoodwinked. AJ and Will obviously got a divorce. Yeah. <laughs> a few years later, Will and Brittany end up getting married, right? Oh, my God. I don't know if Brittany knew this, like, history of this guy, but just to paint the picture, he ain't the cream of the crop. Yeah. He also... I mean, obviously in the story, he abuses his ex-wife, so he has a history of violence with his wife. Yeah. And he's known as controlling. Hello, put a shotgun into someone's side. That's pretty fucking controlling. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. And Brittany had, like, an, a fear that he might overdose her someday, so I'm, like, pretty sure that he fucking overdosed her ass, and that's what killed her. Maybe not intentionally, but then he fucking covered up that, that yeah. shit. That's obviously my theory of, like, events that went down. Yeah. Because the investigation is still ongoing. Oh, my God. And there is no clear indication if the police are still in contact with Will or what. Wait, he's not in prison? No. No, 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 no. It's an open investigation. Uh, does, how's his new wife doing? Because she better watch <laughs> right? out for her fucking life. Fucking right. No one can get a hold of Will. Oh my I don't God. know about the police side of things because the police obviously can't tell you anything. It's an open investigation. Yeah, yeah. But the family have reached out multiple times to try to contact him. Multiple reporters have and they can't get a hold of him. He doesn't live where he used to live. He ain't around anymore. Oh my God. So the Ada police told Brittany's mom that they were actively investigating Brittany's death. But when a reporter contacted the police for information, the Ada police claimed that the State Bureau of Investigation owned the case, mm -hmm. not the state. So when that reporter contacted the State Bureau of Investigation, they claimed that the Ada police were the lead investigators on the case. So nobody was investigating So it. no one's fucking investigating it. Oh my god. It's still an open homicide investigation. It's unclear who's actually working on the case and if any progress has been made or anything. What the fuck is going on with Will? Like, it's open. Holy shit. But, like, no one talks about it and no one knows anything about it because it's an indigenous woman story like homicide yeah. so essentially they have their own police type thing exactly what i was saying before oh my god so i guess that indigenous women go missing or murdered at a rate that's seven times higher than the national average seven times seven times higher holy shit well and that number is probably way higher because a lot of times they're not they're, reported exactly oh my god there's a whole documentary i didn't realize that this was such a problem and sorry until i started digging into this but there's a whole documentary and i think it's called like the highway of tears or something oh no where there are like nine reported deaths like bodies that have been found along this highway of indigenous women and that's only the ones that have been recorded or reported yeah but like people are just killing them and throwing them in places and they're never solved and no one ever pushes for it it ends up like this where it's like this jurisdiction issue where they're balancing it between the tribal police or the state police or the fucking bureau of investigation and everybody's like oh the other people are looking at it and they never get solved and oh especially God. because there's drugs involved too it's just like huh. i don't want to say it's like huh, but basically that's what yeah, it seems yeah. right like they're just kind of put to the side exactly that's and these so women never get any like media coverage so there's no one ever pushing to solve their murder there's no pressure or anything oh that's so sad so without getting too political here <laughs> which it's pretty obvious um that it's pretty political <laughs> side note yeah i got my fucking 23andme dna testing back i am one percent native american oh girl so this affects me this affects <laughs> you personally I think I am too. I've always been told that, but I never did my little kit. Brandon I'm was always do told it. that. Brandon's grandma was like, oh, we're like 13%, blah, blah, 13? That's yeah, high. Yeah, like they're supposed to, you, I guess you have to be like 13% and you'd get money or something like that. And yeah. they're like, where are you? Know, oh my God. It was like grandpa had, I don't know, whatever, something like that. And zero. They're zero. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm 1%. I have more than you guys. I wasn't even bragging about it. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out, Viejas. I get front row seats at the Ice Princess. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I always knew where my cheekbones came from. <laughs> yeah, you oh. can't now, though, because your family I know. is shady. We have a clan agreement. Yeah, your clan agreement. By the way, I was listening to NPR because I'm old. Mm -hmm. And they were saying that you can test at multiple different kits. Mm -hmm. And you'll get different results. So they're oh, not really? even that accurate. Yeah. Oh. I don't know how different the results are because I wasn't that interested in it, which yeah. I should be. But I was like fucking done with the day from work. So yeah. I was like, ugh, this is boring. Okay. So anyway, as I was saying, to not get like too political, but obviously the reason that these women are not reported in our media is because 
our na- our nation's culture is like really rich in like racism and sexism and shit. I wouldn't call it rich. <laughs> rich sounds good. Oh yeah, I guess. Well, how would you say it? I would say abundant. Abundant in <laughs> sexism and racism. <laughs> yeah, which fucking sucks, man. It we really li- does. We live in 2019. Yeah. Can we get over it? We're in the 21st century here, people. I was listening to... I'm going to go off on a tangent, and it's fucking valid, so listen. I'm ready. (laughs) I'm buckled in already. I I was listening to another podcast about another chick who died, and they're claiming... It was like a whole race war, right? They Mm -hmm. think, like, she's a white chick, and they think some black guy did it. Mm -hmm. And the town was, like, divided because of this there's no fucking real evidence so far in the podcast that this black guy did it but they were talking they were interviewing her dad and her dad was like um i'm cool with black people i have black people as friends i'm not cool with my daughter dating a black people because i don't think they should procreate and i was what like they're fuck? fucking racist <laughs> yeah. like that's why that and then contradicts your first sentence get sir. the fuck out of here with that and then they were saying that in their town it's normal to have white churches and black churches no it's it's not i know and they were like it's nothing that we do on purpose it's just how we grew up and i was like that's fucking racist yeah that's that's because you grew up in segregation exactly you didn't fix it oh my god it makes me fucking crazy anyway i I think that's also because we live in california so it's yeah we're a bunch of fucking hippies who love like patchouli whatever that shit's called (laughs) love everybody yeah i love it though i would much prefer to love everybody oh first and I'll sure. hate you for your fucking personality, and I'll judge the fuck out of you for your personality, but I don't give a shit about your skin or anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or your religion, or your beliefs. Yeah. Some of your beliefs are kind of crazy, and I might judge you for them, but I will never hate you for them. No, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, tangent over. <laughs> but if you think about, like, just to prove my point further, if you think about all the news coverage of, like, maybe not recent murders, but all the murders that I could think of when I was writing up this little paper. Yeah, the famous they're, murders. Are- yeah, yeah. They're all white females who were pretty. And they get all the media coverage. So if yeah. you think of Lacey Peterson, J.C. Dugard, Elizabeth Smart, Danielle Van Dam, all these people were white chicks. Yeah. And they got a shit ton of coverage. They're but like pretty white people. Yeah, but a ton of homicides happened due to drugs or to other fucking skin colored people. And it never gets covered. It never gets the same sensationalized media coverage. Oh, my God that's america fucking right but these people are fucking people too oh absolutely (laughs) yeah they deserve all of the i wrote that and then i wrote in parentheses what do you mean these people (laughs) (laughs) i'm funny when i'm tired (laughs) what do you mean you people (laughs) oh man yeah anyway like all these people have like moms and sisters and brothers and whatever yeah, you know? they all like, have families and lives fuck it, exactly like we should fucking give a damn and fix it and can everybody just be nice to each other uh yeah again public service announcement yeah be fucking nice to each other yeah so another issue when it comes specifically to indigenous women is the jurisdiction like i was mentioning mm-hmm. of the tribal owned land often in cases of domestic abuse or whatever they have the tribal police handle those affairs and the state police or the fbi only step in when the crime is major and even then the waters are so muddied that nothing gets accomplished because they're just like i don't know many cooks in the kitchen exactly i was trying to like think of a way on how to say that which i think is exactly what's happening in britney tiger's case well it sounds like it like these people are covering it no those people are covering it like it sounds like they're not talking to each other and creating like a fucking task force or like assigning a person and being like you figure it out yeah and there has to be a way to solve this yeah i don't know but it made it sound almost like the tribal police are like no 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 you don't get involved unless it's like really big yeah otherwise we're gonna handle it because it's their land they get to fucking do whatever the fuck they want over there yeah and i guess if that's how they want to have it but it seems inefficient well i'm sure it's how like the elders and the men want it oh yes the elders (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i guess it would probably be a male dominated field and everything and so then for them not to care about the women is yeah pretty exactly it's like a whole different culture with living within our own community all right lady native americans you need to get in on that uh police force yeah get in there yeah you need well, to infiltrate it i'm happy you're bringing that up because this case was another listener suggestion <gasps> given by none other than queen mary <gasps> queen mary yeah she oh. herself is an indigenous woman and her mom and sisters and her daughters all go to like women's right marches really and her mom like gets up and speaks <gasps> for on behalf of indi- not just indigenous women's rights but yeah. like she obviously identifies with that but all women's rights wow and mary actually sent us a video of her mom giving a speech 
page. Really? Yeah, I'm going to put it on our website. So oh, if anybody's interested, go watch it. Yeah, it's super inspiring. And it just made me fucking love Queen Mary even more than I already do. Aww. It just makes our listeners so real. You know what? I could see it now that I look at uh, think about her picture. She's gorgeous, right? Yeah, I can yeah. totally see it. I know. I didn't. I didn't pick that up originally, though. No, I didn't either. But yeah. I don't have any. Not very good at fucking defining cultures. No, by looking no, at them. I'm really <laughs> not. I'm like, fuck. Are you Korean? And they're like all offended. I'm like, I don't know. They're like, I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> Close. And I'm like, well, I'm fucking not Irish, so deal with yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so Queen Mary asked us to cover this case. She sent this case in particular, but she asked for any case of any indigenous woman because it's not really publicized. Like, I just went on the fucking rant about. Yeah. And I was like, duh, we're going to fucking cover it. Yeah. We need the media coverage out there for it. Can I just tell you, though, like, this is the most covered case and it was so hard to find any information. She gave me a couple names. I couldn't find anything on them. Really? Yeah. Like, I I don't even know if you could pull fucking case files on it because it's probably with the tribal police. Oh. I don't know. Obviously, I didn't try because I don't know. Yeah. You'd probably have to go through some jurisdiction tape Then my name's on a fucking case record. <laughs> it's yeah. like pulling it. But other anyway. court words. Yeah. Other. <laughs> yeah, <it's like> an <laughs> objection. <laughs> suspended. But when sustained. Not suspended. suspended. <laughs> What a shit show. Anyway, <laughs> when life. I told Mary that we would absolutely cover a case, she replied with a very sweet text, and I wanted to read it to you oh. in case you hadn't read it already. I have not. Okay. I stay out of that because I don't know what to do, and yeah, I always mess okay. up. Leave Twitter alone. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I'll let you know when you need to twit. <laughs> I will. <laughs> anyway, so she said, I just want to thank you so much for this. This topic means so much to me. As an indigenous woman with sisters and a mother and a grandmother, and most importantly, my daughters, awareness means my daughters have a safer future. I was like, oh my God, fucking, I will do anything for your daughters. Yeah. So everybody be nice to each other. If you see something, fucking say something and help each other, regardless of your goddamn skin color or your religion or your sex. Yes. That's my public service announcement. I like it. And Queen Mary, we love you. We love you. Thank you for <laughs> suggesting that. Yeah. It was a very not good case, but interesting. Yeah. And I'm glad Isn't that we weird, though? Because I'm like pretty sure Will did it. But also, how did he get the body there? That's what I was thinking. Maybe he had a friend, though, that he could borrow a car from. That's a good fucking friend. Well. He might not know there's a dead body. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure he just overdosed her by mistake because you're on meth and you can't control that shit. And that easily happens. Could have been a mistake. Happens. Yeah, and it could have been in an argument, out. like he said, and could then and she was like, "I'm gonna leave you," and he was like, "No, no, 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 no baby, let's do meth together." That's true. And or what he if he was like, like "No, no, 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 we're gonna do meth together," because yeah. it sounded like she wanted to get clean, and maybe that was a way of him controlling her. Ooh, yeah. Anyway, pretty fucked up, huh? Well, it's hard for one partner to get clean and another not. Yeah. God, I wish she would have left him. Yeah. Also, if you're in a domestic abuse relationship, please look up a fucking hotline and get some help. You're worth it. And if you're in a domestic abuse relationship and you're the abuser, get help for yourself. Yeah. You're worth it too. You can change. You can redeem yourself. Just stop doing it. Yeah. Everybody be nice to each other. Everybody be nice to each other. Stop hurting each other. Stop being mean. Yes. And on that note. (laughs) And on that note. That was episode 21. Thanks for listening to our murder stories. Yeah. Well, they're not our murder stories. No. But still. Not. And if you want to see pictures and shit from the cases we just talked about and all the past cases, you should go to, and also the video of Queen Mary's mom giving her very inspirational speech, go to isgdpodcast.com. Or you can tweet at us at isgdpodcast. On or, Twitter. Or email us at isgdpodcast at gmail.com. Uh-huh. We're on Facebook and shit. And also, please mail us stuff. <laughs> Stop making Aaron beg. Just yeah. mail her something, goddammit. Wait, I got one, but it was from Alexis, so I feel like that doesn't really count. Hi, Alexis. Hi, Alexis. Thank what you. I appreciate say? you. It was her, like, Happy New Year card. Oh. <laughs> so now I just have two on my fridge because <laughs> it still comes here. Oh, but it's P.O. Box 2764, Spring Valley, California, 91979. Beautiful. Go on our website, buy some merch. Oh, yeah. Do that. Help support us. Mm-hmm. Yep. And? We appreciate you. Motherfuckers. Oh, my gosh. We almost forgot again oh we we have a listeners goddamn this week (gasps) really yeah we got one we haven't had one of those in so long i don't know listeners (laughs) listen (laughs) uh (laughs) anyway this one comes from uh samantha buckner oh hey samantha oh hey girl she actually sent us two one of her husband and then one of her so let's do her husband's this week all right okay are you ready i'm so ready i haven't listened to it so i'm super excited oh my god god damn 
Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Samantha, your husband sounds like a murderer. <laughs> oh jeez. I love it. This is awesome. I feel like this is a close second for what should have been our intro, goddamn. Ooh, that's true. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, so that's funny. Thank you, Samantha's husband. Thank Samantha you. did not give you a name, so you're just her husband. Mm, you know. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, Samantha, for sending the goddamns in. You're awesome. So awesome. And we're so sorry it took us a couple weeks to actually remember to play them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yours will come next week. Yeah. We, we actually promised this time. Woo-woo. <laughs> anyway. Bye. Bye. And if you're all caught up on our podcast, stay tuned for a promo from Minds of Madness. 911, what's your emergency? Every 60 seconds, a person is murdered somewhere in the world. There was a shootout in my house. I can't believe it. What causes ordinary people to do unthinkable things? He stabbed me in my neck. And he says, look how easily I could kill you. The Minds of Madness is a true crime podcast that examines the most disturbing criminal minds. We shed a light on the devastating impact these violent crimes have on the victims and their families. When you get calls in the night, you know they're not good or they're wrong numbers. You'll hear about the incredible strength of the survivors and what they did to fight back. I was studying his face because I was thinking, if I get out of this, I'm going to get you someday. Subscribe to the Minds of Madness podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. Google Play.